was was there uh, a stage in your life before when you were like money hungry and you're like I just gotta have to have a lot of money or was that like the first time in your life where you're like I, I want to be able to make money and be overflowing with that so that I can overflow onto others it was missions that made me feel like I wanted more money if you're like me you have a heart for missions and may have already done some missions work yourself but you also see some huge issues in the way missions are being done like why are we still sending out monthly newsletters in a digital age when technology allows for instant updates in the palm of your hand? Or why are we convinced that we need to raise two years support before going when all 12 disciples dropped what they were doing and walked away? Or why are we allowing denominations to decide who can and cannot go do what God is calling them to do just because of things they've done in their past? And at what point did we brand following Christ to be a life of scarcity and sacrifice when it's truly a life of abundance and privilege? These are some of the blaring questions in the missions world today. And Watch Missions Live is here to reshape the way you see missions. It's time for missionaries to rise up, create a shift in perspective, a change, a revolution in the way things are done and give you the real story. One of abundance, fulfillment, and privilege. My name is Aaron Jennings, and welcome to Watch Missions Live. Hey everybody, welcome to Watch Missions Live podcast. Uh, my name is Aaron Jennings, and again, we have Michael Abdo, who's going to interview me again and give you some perspective from your point of view. Michael, welcome. Thanks for having me, Aaron. As always, just in case people only listen to one episode and never come on again, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started. Yeah, man. So I was born here and raised in Iowa. Um, my parents were uh, both missionaries. Uh, my dad was a pastor, and I remember uh, the first church plant that I went on, I was five years old. Uh, so growing up, I was always used to missions. We had a house church in our home. Um, it was just a part of what we did our life. Um, growing up, uh, actually, when I got into college age, I actually left the faith for a while. Um, I don't know if I've shared details about that before. We will in the future. Um, but when I came back, uh, one of the things that was placed on my heart again was missions. And so uh, actually part of the missions I did, I went around the U.S. Um, for three months, went to different college campuses, and we were sharing the gospel with college students. Um, shortly after that, went up to Madison, Wisconsin on a church plant and uh, have just recently moved back here to Iowa. And uh, that's when I got connected with you and Isaiah and everybody else um, with Watch Missions Live. And that's kind of how our two worlds have tied up to this point. <laughs> right on. Well, I'm glad to have you again, giving everybody a perspective from the other direction. So I'm going to let you take it. And I know you're talking about something specifically. So I'll just let you take yeah. it, ask your questions, and we'll go from there. Perfect. Will do, man. Um, yeah. So I remember I, I had met Isaiah previously through a business conference. Um, and then he got me connected with you. And we, we were all talking, and I remember the very first call that we all had, um, one thing that jumped out that was different about the way we, you guys were talking was this heart of abundance um, and this mindset of we want to trust God with our finances and not just trust him, but we don't, we don't want to live in fear of scarcity. Um, and so I'm curious if you can share what, what that heart is and how that impacts um, Watch Mission Live and what we're doing with Watch Missions Live. Okay. Yeah, it is something that's different. Um, it was something I was sick and tired of. Was um, <laughs> The idea that if you're wanting to go and actually make a bunch of money as a Christian, there's something wrong with it. 
Yeah. Um, and it's so funny that if you have a Christian business and you make $100,000 and then you say, hey, let's see if we can scale this to 250, everybody's like, yeah. But then if you're a missionary and you're making nothing and it's like, hey, let's see if we can make $100,000, people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not supposed to have money as a missionary. And, you know, and through business coaching, um, you know, I had business coaches of my own as I got into real estate investing. And mm -hmm. part of the reason I got into real estate was because I saw that it was something I could do from anywhere in the world. Um, and so I still invest in real estate and it's my main source right now. And um, it was something that I could do from anywhere. And it was something that I could create systems and automate to use other people for and with missions being my number one priority, doing what yeah. God wanted me to do when he called me to do it, instead of saying things like, well, I'd love to, but I can't because I have a mortgage to pay. Um, I wanted to be able to pay bills and go do something. And hmm. when I was, uh, the first place we went was Katali, Kenya. And we found ourselves standing in the slums of Katali, Kenya, and people were living in um, trash igloos. And there was a guy literally just laying there dying and people said, yeah, he's dying, but there's nothing we can do about it. And they're just, he's just laying in the mud around a bunch of trash igloos and he's just going to die there. And there's nothing anybody could do about it. Um, hmm. They could upgrade to a mud house for 250 American dollars. We raised a couple hundred dollars um, and fed 50 people for two weeks. And I remember standing there thinking, what if I was a rich missionary? You know, Christians think money is bad, but what if I was standing in this exact same spot doing what God called me to do, but I was standing here with a whole bunch of money in my bank account and still had the same heart and passion for God. This guy's dying. We'd be headed to the hospital. These guys are living in trash igloos. I would build them all mud huts and make them bigger than normal so that they had some space because everybody there was taking care of each other and other people. So mm. like for 250 bucks a piece and 50 and you know, a couple hundred bucks to feed 50 people for two weeks. I remember just standing there thinking if I had a bunch of money, I'd feed these people for the rest of their life. I'd rebuild all these places and I'd take that guy to the hospital. And the only reason most um, Christians don't have the money is because we think that it's evil. Money's the root sure. of all evil, and it's not. The love of money is. Yeah. I've met very few missionaries that when you gave them extra money, they didn't do something like, we can finally buy the van for the church, and they just go <laughs> buy stuff for their ministry. Yeah. Or they give it to people. Um, I remember every time God gave us a bunch of extra money more than we needed, we were like, this must not be for us. This must be for somebody else. <laughs> we start looking around. And we'd give money to people. We'd find them. We'd be like, that's exactly what we were given last week. This must be yours. And we'd give it to them. And then God would put twice that right back into our pocket. You couldldn't give it away fast enough. Yeah. And then as soon as you go and work for yourself, you're constantly just trying to make money and not being able to go do what God called you to do or what you want to do or anything else. And so when you actually dig into the word and study the history behind it, there's a lot of talk about abundance from God's point of view. And Amen. I realize this scarcity thing is, is a cultural thing that we've developed on our own as human beings. It doesn't mean we're all supposed to be driving around in Lambos or anything. <laughs> it also means there's nothing wrong with it. 
the scarcity mindset says if I buy a car, then somebody else goes hungry. And that's a scarcity mindset. It's not a godly mindset. You're limiting yeah. your God when you do that. Your God created this entire world in the universe. And you think that if you buy a car with money he gave you that somebody else isn't going to have? He can bless you with anything you want and still give everybody else everything they want. Slap <laughs> <laughs> of the fingers. So it was, there was multiple things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious from hearing that story, was, was there uh, a stage in your life before when you were like money hungry and you're like, I just got to have to have a lot of money. Or was that like the first time in your life where you're like, I want to be able to make money and be overflowing with that so that I can overflow onto others. It was missions that made me feel like I wanted more money hmm. because I, and that was why. And when I got into real estate, when I first realized um, that that was something that could provide the kind of money that it does, um, because you can do one deal and make $20,000 without ever borrowing money, without buying a house and doing any work to it or anything. It's called an assignment of contract. You get something under contract and you sell your piece of paper to somebody else. And I've made 19 and $20,000 doing that. And like when you can make $20,000 just moving a piece of paper, you can do it all online. And we could do that from a bamboo hut in Thailand or from the slums of Kenya, because even in Kenya, where they're walking barefoot because they can't afford shoes or anything else and they live on the streets, they have cell phones and they can put internet on it. Hmm. So anywhere in the world, you have access to the internet. And when I learned that I could do real estate and it could provide that kind of money, I instantly thought, man, could you imagine how many people I could help if yeah. I made $100,000 this year and it cost me 50 to live? And then I started thinking, all you need to do is more deals. And I could make a hundred and still give a hundred. It'd be making 200,000 for the year. And it's not hard to do that in real estate. And so it was, it was missions that actually gave me that want, that desire. Up until that point in my life, it was always that the security thing, you know, get a house, get a job, get a car, good retirement, good benefits, do what you can for the Lord when he calls you to do something. And I was like, this is wrong. It should be do what you can for the Lord all the time. Mm. and then the money should be secondary yeah and then i thought well god gave me these talents to be able to figure this out and the resources to be able to figure it out so the parable of the talents i would not be using my talents if i didn't take those and make a ton of money and help people with my money mm. <laughs> you know yeah. and so it was it was literally yeah. standing in the slums of kenya and it was watching people go hungry it was watching people go barefoot and thinking that all I have is enough money to feed him for a couple weeks, maybe. And I was like, the only difference is money. So I started yeah. wanting more of it, which yeah. made me learn more and <laughs> up my skills because I still feel like it's easier for us. You know, we're in the land of opportunity. It's not an accident God put me here, so I'm going to use the crap out of it. Amen. I'm going to milk these resources. I'm going to do as much as I can. I don't want to be caught lukewarm or, or coasting by just taking care of my family. Yeah. Amen. Well said. One more question for you, and then we can wrap it up. Um, you had mentioned that, uh, just in that story, that pursuing God comes first and that God provides the resources out of that. I'm curious, um, can you tell the story about when you and your wife 
uh, sold everything and how God provided. <laughs> I love Great it. Story. It's like one <laughs> long story for like the next four years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so good point. When we when we sold the initial, everything, the initial part. Yeah. When we sold, we sold everything, which we were both police officers. She had a house. I had a house. Um, we had cars and all this stuff, you know, and we actually quit our jobs on the police department. We sold our houses. We hold on. Hold on. Why? Why? Sorry. <laughs> Why we would you guys do this? Because we were going into missions work on the police department. That's where I found myself depressed and stressed and just realizing like, this is not who I was created to be. This is mm. not where I'm supposed to be. You know, sure. and, and all my life, I haven't, I can look back and I can say that if this is not where I'm supposed to be, what I'm going to be doing, then I move on. Sure. If God hasn't called me here and he's calling me somewhere else, I move on. I realize we have waiting points where sometimes he's not actively has us doing something else. But I still feel like, okay, in that time, what should I be working towards? And as soon as I feel like this isn't where I'm supposed to be, I'm cutting bait and moving on. <laughs> so we had both decided like God's called us into missions. We're going to go into full-time missions work and we're just going to, and we were not called to go to Bible school and raise money and get a sending organization. Um, we were just told to go and we were like, all right, I'm game. Let's do it. And like, peace, I'm out of here. And like, we were just down to go. So um, in the month of May, 2011, we sold everything. We quit our jobs we um, got married and we left the country in one month. And we went from police officers with land and everything to broken homeless uh, missionaries. And that was like one month just transition. So before we left, it was going to cost us $3,000 for plane tickets to go to Katali, Kenya and stay for 30 days, which is what we felt like we were supposed to do. And um, so we told people, we were like, hey, we just sold everything do not buy us anything for the wedding. Like we just want to hang out with you and then we're gone and we don't know when we're coming back. So we don't want any stuff. We just want to see you. If you feel like you have to give something because culturally you just feel like you need to, this is exactly what I told people. I'm like, <laughs> then you can donate to our, to our trip and our mission stuff. And um, the trip, the tickets and the stay was like right at $3,000 for a month for both of us. And um, we got like just over $3,000 given to us on our wedding day. And um, that was like how we started our missions, our missions career, you know. And then um, we were going from there to Thailand to help a pastor with his church. And um, he got a hold of us while we were in Kenya. And he said, hey, you guys haven't had a honeymoon. I want to send you to Phuket for three days to just go and play and vacation. And I'm going to pay for everything. And I was like, Sweet. So we went and stayed in a nice place on, you know, Phuket, Thailand, an island. We went on like boat tours and, you know, went and saw all the beautiful islands. And now I know and understand you can't talk about nice boat tours when you're a missionary because people will stop funding you hmm. because people seem to think that the money they've worked so hard for is what they're giving you to support your ministry. And when yeah. they give to you, they want to tell you what you can do with your money. And that's part of the reasons Watch Missions Live exists the way it does is because a godly man was blessed with money and chose to give it to us to go play with. <laughs> we saw that as not a gift from him, but as a gift from God for us to go play with. And so mm -hmm. we did. 
And we want missionaries to be able to scream about that stuff. Yeah. Hey, God just gave us a free vacation to an island, <laughs> you know, and not have to worry about donors cutting off their support. So all this goes into the abundant stuff, but that was yeah. the initial, the initial takeoff, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. Initiation. And, and the initiation, the hazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love that. And I love how, um, how Watch Missions Live is a platform to share stories just like this. Um, stories to encourage stories of stepping out in faith. I mean, Paul talks about um, in his letters, he says, you've been such an encouragement to me to some of the churches. I hear of the works that you have been doing, how you step out in faith and how that builds our faith in, and encourages us. So I love how you're sharing yeah. your story and how you're wanting to build a platform and we're building a platform to allow more of those stories to be told. So, yeah. And, and I just want to touch on it a little bit more because this is an important yeah. topic. And I know this is a controversial topic is the abundance and the money side of things, but this is part of that reshaping the way missions are viewed. Sure. I truly believe missionaries and pastors are helping people find eternity in heaven as opposed to eternity in hell. And so I value that higher than anything else on this earth. Hmm. And so I think they should be paid as such. You know, they should be able to go out and have a steak dinner and dessert and be able to post pictures about how God provided for them, you know. And I have a friend who's been in ministry for 20 years. She's been doing missions work. And she wants to buy a $100,000 house after 20 years of missions work, and she can't get any money for it. And that's upsetting to me because you spent 20 years serving God, and the reason you can't get it is not because God won't give it to you if you ask, but it's because she's relying on support and people, and people don't think she should have something that nice because $100,000 in the country they're living at, where they're still doing ministry is a really nice place. And when you travel to a lot of these really rough countries, your money goes a long way. You know, we rented a private speedboat on an island in Thailand with just a 12-person speedboat for just me and my family last time we were there. And we paid 250 bucks for five hours with a captain. And we were just like, let's go check out that island. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and we just went, right? And it's, that's not expensive, you know? I mean, a boat like that in America to rent it for half a day would be just ridiculous. But we have friends that are in the missions field that, you know, they're, they, they say they can't post pictures of the place they're living because it's too nice. And they know that if they post pictures and talk about the nice place they live, that even though it's cheap, they'll lose donors. So two problems we have is the donors feel like they're giving their money instead of what God has blessed them with and told them to give. And the missionaries think that money's coming from people. Because the fact is, your money's coming from God, no matter which side you're on. Yeah. And if the donor understood every penny that I have made has actually been given to me by God and is God's to do with as he pleases, then when he tells you to give it to a missionary, it doesn't matter if they blow it on shoes. You did what you were told to do with what he gave you. And Amen. you will be honored for that in heaven. Now, whether the missionary was supposed to buy shoes or not, that's between them and God on the other side, right? But the problem comes when we think we're the ones giving the money and it was our hard-earned money. 
and from the missionary, they think they're getting it from the people. And so they need to act a certain way to get that money. Yeah. Um, another quick story is we, we told, we had people tell us that to sell, to send out our newsletters on the 13th, because if we sent them out on the first of every month, everybody just got their first paycheck and the first of the month they pay all their bills. And so all the money's gone. If we send out our newsletter on the 13th, they get paid on the 15th and they've got a little extra money because they're pay, they paid their bills the first part of the month. So they have more money and they're more willing to give it on the 15th if we strategically put our newsletter in front of them on the 15th. There's nothing wrong with it, right? But are we operating on the most strategic way of getting donations? Or are we really trusting God to give us what we need and want if we're gutsy enough to ask for it? Hmm. And so we want to reshape the way missions are viewed when it comes to the money, the abundance, the sacrifice and privilege. Because we may have been broke and homeless, but we didn't want for anything. We had a lot of $100 meals, which was more food than I would have ordered if I'd even had the money. But people just took us out and bought stuff. And they're mm-hmm. like, we're going to get this and we're going to get this. It's like, I'm putting on weight as an unemployed homeless dude. <laughs> I'm like, this is ridiculous. We're eating really nice all the time. I'm like, God, slow it down. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> and this is the abundance, right? But we were looking for it. We knew he was going to take care of us at that level. And so Amen. we did. It wasn't us spending money people gave us. Typically, when people gave us money, we ended up giving it to other people. Hmm. This was people just taking us and doing things. Amen. We got Thailand. People would be like, have you seen the waterfalls? We're like, no, we just got here like two days ago. They're like, get in. And they just pay for it and take you. We're like, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we knew God would provide at the level mm. that he said he would provide. And we just took him at his word. And so we really want when it comes to the abundance and the sacrifice, you know, and things like that, the scarcity and abundance and the sacrifice and privilege. That's, that's the depth of Watch Missions Live reshaping the way missions are viewed. Amen. I want you to get past this idea that there's not enough to go around and understand the power that your God has and start exercising it. Amen. Oof. I can even keep on this for a long time. <laughs> I know, brother. Just as you were sharing that, I was thinking in my own life, I'm like, man, there's areas in my life where I haven't trusted God to provide in that and this and that. I'm like, I need to hear this every day. <laughs> Well, now it's on a podcast episode. We can replay it over and over and over. There it is. There it is. <laughs> oh, man. So, Aaron, for people who are listening, um, if they're listening to this and they're like, oh, my goodness, like, yes, totally, yes, disagreeing with everything, or maybe someone who is um, listening to this and thinking, man, I, like, I've never heard that before, but that's interesting. I want to I know more. What, what can people do to be involved, um, to get to know more? What are next steps for people? So the Watch Missions Live podcast, you can jump on or you can actually schedule an interview. And that's where we just we ask you about your ministry, what God called you to it, how you got into it, uh, what you're doing. And then we have you tell a God story. You shout from the mountaintops about how awesome your God is in your ministry and what you're doing. You can't talk to nomination. You can't ask for money. It's a platform. <laughs> it's a monorail to shout about how awesome he is. Um, or two, you can always get me on your platform, YouTube, Facebook, whatever you want, whatever your platform is. Um, you can schedule an interview directly with me and we can talk about whatever you'd like. Um, it helps us spread the message about Watch Missions Live. So if you've, um, 
Uh, if you like what we're doing, you want to help, that's definitely appreciated because it improves the audience and I guarantee you we can bring some value to yours. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, if you feel like you just want to learn more, you can schedule a call for me and we'll just talk about it and see if there's any way that you can work with us more long term or um, whatever you end up doing, I guess. You know, I mean, if God's called you to something <laughs> and you're trying to find that direction, the discovery call is usually the best place for you to jump on and learn and really move forward with that. So, um, and we'll put all the links under the episodes that way you can just click below which with whichever one you're interested in. Awesome. Sweet brother. That's all I have for you today, man. Good stuff. Well, I appreciate your time, Michael. Appreciate you brother. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate your time as well. Make sure you like share and subscribe and we'll catch you on the next episode. Hey, thank you for your time. Please remember to rate and subscribe. After being a full-time missionary, I got tired of people looking at me like it must be really hard to do what you do. And they'd say things like, I'd love to be able to do something like that, but insert excuse. When the real reason was because they saw what we were doing as a sacrifice. That to do missions work, they would have to give up everything that quite honestly was forcing them to do things they didn't like for people they couldn't stand so they could afford things that they didn't need. The truth is, as full-time missionaries, it was one of the few times in my life when I was truly fulfilled. It was the closest to God I'd ever been. Debt-free, not stressed, and living the life of an adventure I'd always wanted. If you too believe that it's time for a change, then head over to watchmissionslive.com and join the revolution.